Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special emergency 49ers quality control meeting. I'm the quality control expert for the 49ers, not currently on their payroll, but one day probably will be because the control, the quality has been under such control for many years, mostly because of me. So I'd like to thank everyone for showing up. I've been on vacation the last week, was in New York, was in the Hamptons. Now I'm back. Been thinking a lot about the 49ers, pretty much only thinking about the 49ers like the last month. I haven't been tweeting much, but I have been thinking about the 49ers and I have a lot I want to say. So what I've done is I've invited the, the faithful. You guys are free to be here. You guys are free to hear, uh, watch, comment. But I've also invited some key figures from the 49ers. They're here as well. Thank you so much for showing up. And I'm going to be speaking directly to them. You guys are free to chime in whenever you'd like, but I would like to start speaking directly to Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback of the team. He's really been on the team longer than most players. And what's interesting about you, Kyle, is you sort of speak for the team. You're a very smart guy. You went to Harvard. We all know you went to Harvard. I know some people forget, but you went to Harvard and you play fullback. You don't really get the ball very much. You're a good player. You go to Pro Bowls. You're, you're, a, you're a leader on the team. But when it's time to interview you, Kyle, there's not a lot of questions to ask you other than what did it feel like to go in motion on first and 10? When you were when you were in the backfield and you went from, from the left side to the right side before the snap, what did that feel like? What was going through your head as you were going in motion? So there's only so many times you can ask that question. Then it comes to like big picture stuff. And people like to ask him big picture stuff because he went to Harvard and he's smart. So you, Kyle, um, we went on the Rich Eisen show recently and Rich Eisen, you know, gave you a bunch of softball questions about you, which you love, of course. Then he asked you about Brock Purdy. He was, he was buttering you up. He was getting you into a talkative mood and you fell for it, Kyle. He asked you, why, why did uh, the Brock Purdy experience, why was it so successful? And here's what you said, Kyle Juszczyk. He said, I have to give Brock Purdy like the highest compliment you could give, which is he's a football player. The guy has played a lot of football, a lot of games. You need those live reps. He was out there. He wasn't thinking. He was reacting. He trusted Kyle. He didn't overthink things. He was well-prepared. He ran the offense. He trusted his playmakers. He didn't try to do too much. Kyle, use check. I understand you're very smart. And what you did here was essentially only talk about Brock Purdy and praise him. But even though I didn't go to Harvard like you did, I'm also kind of smart. I went to UCLA and I can... I, you don't have to go to UCLA or Harvard or any college to figure out that every single thing you said about Brock Purdy on this Rich Eisen show did not apply to Trey Lance. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Every single thing you said would not apply to Trey Lance. Hasn't had the live reps, hasn't played a lot of football games, which means that you think he's not a real football player because the definition of a real football player to you is someone who's played a lot of football games and doesn't need those live reps because he's had them already. Someone who goes out there and reacts. You can't go out there and react if you haven't had those live reps. And if you haven't had those live reps and you're not a football player, according to Kyle Juszczyk. So that's what one of the leaders in the team thinks. You, Kyle, you think Trey Lance really isn't the real deal. I mean, it's not just that he's not a, a, a good quarterback. He's not even a football player in your eyes. You need to stop saying stuff like that, man. It's it's not your place to imply that Trey Lance is not a football player. I know you didn't say he's not a football player, but you, you don't have to go to Harvard to realize that every, every single thing you like about Brock Purdy doesn't apply to Trey Lance. And here's another thing, Kyle. What you like about a quarterback is not enough. Basically, you're saying Brock Purdy's a young, a young veteran. He's the youngest veteran. And what made him good is that he plays like a veteran, even though he's 23. And essentially, all the Niners need, according to you, Kyle Juszczyk, is a veteran quarterback 
who uh, trusts Kyle, trusts the playmakers, doesn't try to do too much. Nah, no, 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 no. That's not good enough, Kyle Juszczyk. You had that in Jimmy Garoppolo for years. It wasn't good enough. You think that was good enough. It wasn't. It's not enough to have a veteran who trusts his playmakers and trusts Kyle. You need someone who transcends all of that, which is why Kyle Shanahan traded for Trey Lance. It's why he signed Sam Darnold. Doesn't mean Sam Darnold's going to be that, but uh, you got to aim higher, Kyle, and you need to stop talking about the quarterback spot. You, a lot of vets on the team kind of talk like you're the voice of the team and you understand where, what Kyle's thinking and what he what the team needs. This isn't it. Stop saying like all you need is like, you sound like Flav here. Flav is like the biggest Trey Lance hater who says all the team needs is a point guard and a distributor and throwing the ball does, down the field doesn't matter. It does. Kyle thinks it does. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. So um, I know you think you're sly saying all this stuff about Brock and not talking about Trey, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out that none of these compliments apply to Trey. And that as soon as Trey went down, you were the one who said back to 49ers football. So stop. I don't think you do yourself any favors talking about the quarterback spot. We, we, we know your preference. You want Jimmy Garoppolo. You, that's who you want to be the quarterback. And if it can't be him, then you want Brock Purdy. We got it. But it's not your call. And you don't know what you're talking about, a quarterback. You're just a fullback. So I would say don't let Rich Eisen do that to you again. It was You were all way too eager to call Brock Purdy a football player and imply that mm, maybe the other guy isn't. So, Kyle, that would be my number one recommendation to you because you don't talk that much. And when you do, you don't talk about yourself because you don't get questions about yourself. You get big picture questions about the team because you went to Harvard. And if this is how you're going to talk, then don't say anything at all. That's it. Kyle Shanahan, let's talk to you. So I just started off with Kyle Juszczyk, which isn't really fair because you're the you're the tone setter of this team, Kyle Shanahan. It's your team. And Kyle Juszczyk is sort of just following your direction. It's your fault that Kyle Juszczyk thinks he can go on Rich Eisen and just give a bunch of compliments to Brock Purdy and imply that Trey Lance is none of those things. Clearly, you have not articulated the vision for why Trey Lance is here to begin with. You're the reason he's here. You wanted him. You didn't want Jimmy. Team wanted Jimmy. You didn't want Jimmy. You wanted to get rid of Jimmy, and you brought in Trey. You could have had Justin Fields. You could have had Mac Jones. You decided on Trey, and you never explained why to anyone. You just kept everyone in the dark, from their fans to your players. You made the trade. You didn't explain it. You made the trade after free agency, after use check sign, after Trent Williams sign. I think they felt surprised. Like, what did we resign for? Are we rebuilding? Or are we going for it? And then you brought in Kyle, uh, Trey Lance, and you didn't explain, like, what about his skill set was so important to you? You, mean, you said you wanted to sit him for a year, and then you buried him after an injury, and now it's like, why was he here? You need to tell people, like... You've done a great job, Kyle, of explaining your system to your players. How do I know? Because anytime George Kittle's in front of a microphone, he can break down your system for days. He can explain all the different intricacies of the, of the wide zone and how the run set up the passes. And he can he is a Kyle Shanahan system expert. So is Kyle Juszczyk. A bunch of players on your team can talk about your system for days. Why? Because you talk about your system for days. Where'd they get it from? You. They listen to you talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about how great your system is and they can parrot it. Well, if you did the same thing about your quarterback, hey, guys, from day one, I know you're a little surprised that I brought in Trey Lance. I know he's not like Jimmy Garoppolo. I know we're going in a different direction. Here's why. Here's why. Here's what we need to do. We don't just need a veteran who can trust me and his playmakers and get the ball out on time. We need more than that. 
Kyle, I'll explain it to you. George, just like I've explained why the outside zone is so critical, I will explain why the idea of Trey Lance is so critical to you, Kyle Juszczyk, and you, George Kittle, and you, Trent Williams, and you, but he didn't do that. He, like, snuck him onto the team as a rookie, buried him because the players were a little confused, thought they'd be more into it year two. They weren't. He invited all the veterans onto the team into, like, little private meetings and begged them to support Trey Lance. That doesn't work. So, Kyle, you do such a good idea, such a good job of articulating your system and why it works and your players buy in. You can't do that at the quarterback position? Why not? If you did, I think they'd buy in. That's the thing about you, Kyle. Like, I say you're an ineffective head coach. You're basically not a head coach. But it, your players play hard for you. They buy into whatever you're selling them. And I don't understand why you never tried to sell the quarterback that you wanted. It's like you were afraid. It's like you tried to divorce Jimmy Garoppolo. You brought in the new girlfriend. The, uh, you know, your teenage children didn't like the new girlfriend at first. And you're like, all right, well, I guess it's not going to work. I don't know. It keeps kind of like that's what happened. You need to articulate yourself to your children, your players, who believe in you and look up to you and want to and want to understand what you're doing. I think it's on you, Kyle. Your indecisiveness or unwillingness to explain yourself has led to all of this. You could have you could have handled this right away when you traded for Trey. Here's why I'm trading for Trey. Here's what we need. And if Trey doesn't work out, we're gonna get someone else like Trey because this is what we need. But for you to say, for you to trade three first round picks for Trey, never give him a chance, and then pivot to Brock, who's a lot like Jimmy. It makes people like Kyle Juszczyk be like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Why did you ever go after Trey if we're pivoting to Brock Purdy, who's a lot like Jimmy? I guess I was right, right, Kyle? I guess I was right. Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk was right. All I need, once you go back to Brock, you're basically telling people, yeah, we just needed Jimmy. We just needed a vet, a guy who could, you know, distribute the ball. So, Kyle, you need to explain yourself. You need to explain this quarterback position. You have us all in suspended anim animation right now. Lowell Cohn donates $20. That is so generous. Also a very familiar name. Lowell Cone rings a bell. Thanks, Dad. I love you. And I'm looking forward to doing our show in two days. All right. I got more for Kyle. Kyle Shanahan again. You've been talking about quarterbacks. What's interesting about this team is it's not a quarterback-driven team at all. It's a running back-driven team. Now, to win the Super Bowl, the quarterback has to step up eventually, but not till the very end. The Niners can make it pretty much all the way to the doorstep of the Super Bowl running the ball. And they're going to need to do that this year. Kyle, I'm talking to you. Directly to you. For you to make it to the playoffs this year, you're going to have to run the ball more than you ever have. And you know it. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here that you're planning on this. Because last time you had a quarterback who was coming off a serious injury and didn't get to have a full offseason was 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo. He had torn his ACL. He came back. He missed OTA's minicamp. He was not good in training camp. Remember, he had that day where he threw five picks back to back to back to back to back. He did that. You knew it. Um, and then what you did was you were bracing for a rough start that year. You've had three rough starts in a row, but that year you were bracing for it, but you went 8-0. You didn't have the, the rough start. Everyone thought you would, but you went 8-0. It was your best year you ever had as a head coach. What did you do? You ran the freaking ball aggressively from the beginning of the year. And that's what you got to do this year. Now, you haven't been able to the last few years because every time the season starts, your starting running back got injured. Most are two years in a row than Mitchell last year. But now, this year, you got, like, three really good running backs. And you, you have the best running backs in the league. It's on you to find a way to run the freaking ball 30 to 35, 40 times a game and rotate those guys because 
if you put the season on Brock Purdy's arm early on, or any quarterback's arm early on, you're going to lose. If, like, obviously you want Brock Purdy to start, and you don't care if he's going to have a full training camp or offseason. You think he's your best option. Fine, maybe he is. But the first game should be him handing off the ball a million times. Because you can win that way. You won an NFC Championship game throwing eight times. That's where you start this year. No matter who your quarterback is, running the ball a lot of freaking times. I never understood the few freaking times you had Trey Lance on the field. You didn't play that way. You made him a passer and a running back, not a hander offer. You won an NFC Championship game with a hand, with like not a, no quarterback on the field, just a hander offer, a designated hander offer. That's Brock for half a year. You can win that way. Your best coaches are Bobby Turner, the running back coach, and Chris Forrester, the offensive line coach, who is a run game coordinator, uh, four-fifths of your offensive line are there for run blocking. Run the damn ball. Come on, Kyle. That's how you do it. You know it. You know it. You did it in 2019. If you have a quarterback who is not fully prepared for the season, don't put the season on his shoulders, in, on his elbow, on his arm. Run the damn ball. And I know you like to throw to Christian McCaffrey. And once Brock Purdy came in last year, you started throwing a whole lot more. But if you do that this year, you're going to get him hurt. You're not, you could miss the playoffs. If you just run the damn ball, I don't see how you win fewer than 12 games. Your running backs are too good. It's that simple. Your, your defense is too good. Your running backs are too good. You could buy yourself two months while Brock Purdy gets in game shape just running the damn ball. So that's on you. It's pretty simple. Sometimes you overthink things because you're a genius, and I'm not. But this is a humble suggestion, Kyle Shanahan. Run the damn ball. Uh, Jose Mendez, new member. Thank you very much. Amtod99 says, yo, Grant, been a minute. I figured I'd check in. It's almost that time of year. Anyway, is Trey third on the depth chart? Why isn't this the biggest story in the NFL? I don't think he's third on the depth chart. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan makes the depth chart, and it's um, July, and that's not uh, hasn't been determined yet. We'll see what happens in training camp, Amtod99. Let's talk Brock Purdy. Brock, talking to you. Look at me, Brock. Look at me, Brock. Uh, we all admire you very much. First of all, you did a great job last year. Um, you have, you're a really good quarterback. You're a really good starting quarterback and you're the biggest bargain in the league. You're one of the biggest assets on the team. Um, and we all wish you the best speediest recovery. There's some things you're going to have to do to keep yourself healthy though, Brock in the future. And we all like the level of playmaker that you are. Jimmy Garoppolo, if the first read wasn't there, you could feel the anxiety dripping off him, the sweat dripping off him. It was bad. With you, when the first read isn't there, like the play is just starting. And actually, sometimes the best things happen when you hold on to it and extend the play. But you know, man, you're not going to last playing like that in the NFL. There are times when you move around and you look like you're Russell Wilson, but you're not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, in his, when he was your age, was a much better athlete than you. I remember one time Russell Wilson beat... The 49ers, the NFC Championship game, 2013. Afterward, Vic Fangio was in the locker room in Seattle, and we were asking him, like, why is it so hard to contain Russell Wilson? He's like, and this is the best defensive co coordinator, the best defensive coach with the best defense. He's like, guys, as a runner, he's like Barry Sanders. That's what he said about him. Brock, as a runner, you're not like Barry Sanders. You know, you're a nice runner. You're creative. You have, like, change of uh, – you have different gears. You have a quick first step, but you're not outrunning anyone. You're not going to gain yards past the line of scrimmage. You're going to get hurt doing this uh, too much. You you hold on to the ball too long. Whether you're rolling out to the left or, or standing still in the pocket, you hold the ball too long. A lot of times that leads to good plays, but it's also going to lead to injuries. And the only thing that's going to hold you back in the NFL is your small stature and your lack of durability. You're a good quarterback. 
you need to get the ball to your hands quicker. You need to pick and choose your spots of when to extend the play, when to roll to your left, because a lot of times last year you were rolling to the left with a perfectly clean uh, pocket. And I know it's not that exciting, but there's a lot of open receivers underneath in this offense. you got to get the ball out quick. Just for self-preservation, especially this year coming off this injury, get the damn ball out of your hands really, 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 really fast. Otherwise, you could start week one, and then Trey Lance could be starting week three. Because everyone knows you roll left. Everyone's watched your tape now. Everyone's prepared for you. It's your offense. It's your tendencies. People are ready. So you got to do something a little differently. You haven't been able to work on your game very much this offseason because you're hurt. So just get rid of the ball quick. Survive. Survive! That's my recommendation. Otherwise, if you start trying to do too much, isn't that what Kyle Ustrek said? He says you don't try to do too much. Well, sometimes you do. You need to get rid of the ball uh, a little quicker. Um, otherwise, you won't last. Dave Barclay says, Grant! Hey, Dave, how are you? How you doing? All right, Trey Lance. Trey, I'm talking to you. Thank you for showing up to this quality control meeting. I appreciate it. Now, Trey, let's talk about your mindset for this year. I know you probably feel screwed. You probably feel like you have no real chance to start here. You're competing to be the backup, but they, don't, they won't let you leave. They won't trade you. You can't go anywhere else to compete for a starting job. You think you're probably a starting quarterback in the NFL, and you're not being given a fair chance to show it. I get it. Um, but you got to be patient. Sorry. This is the NFL. It's not fair. It's the not fair league. You signed a contract. They've given you a lot of money. You just have to be patient now. And here's what your mindset should be. People have all written you off. Certain people on the team know that you've improved. Kyle Shanahan has said it. George Kittle has said it. But the media doesn't seem to get it. And I don't know. I, I don't know why people have written you off. But you know you've improved. You know you finally have more touch on the short throws. That those layups that were giving you some problems, you know, like the, the, the screens that you would throw too hard or the slants or the shallow drags that you were throwing too hard. It's not an issue for, any, for you anymore, at least from what I saw in practice. You have a much shorter controlled stroke and you can throw those layups, which is going to keep going to increase your completion percentage by a lot. So when you finally get your opportunity. And you will. Considering Kyle Shannon as a head coach has no inclination or desire to protect a quarterback on his own. That's the quarterback's job. You're going to get your opportunity, and what you'll do is you'll show that you can hit those little layups, but what you got to do early on is hit a deep shot. You got to differentiate yourself from Brock Purdy. You got to go out there and play with confidence because you already know Kyle Juszczyk, and a lot of people on the team prefer Purdy for all these reasons, right? Because he played more than you, and he's a gamer, and he's a football player, and yada, 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 as if all of his physical limitations don't matter. So you'll Purdy will go out, and he'll play, and he'll play to the best of his ability, if you ever get your opportunity, you have to show what you do differently than him. And that's not with your legs. That's with your arm. Because with Purdy, defenses play eight in the box more than any team, like again, more than anyone else. When Purdy's on the field, you know the Niners aren't going to push the ball down the field. They're going to run the ball and throw quick, short passes. So that's, that's the game plan every team's going to have locked in against the 49ers every week. If you ever get your opportunity, you know teams aren't going to be prepared for what you do and your style of play. So... Show that you can hit the layups. Show that you can hit the, the short ones. But on third and seven, the first time that freaking defense gives you single high, throw it deep down the sideline. Because honestly, that's like your best throw. You hit Danny Gray like that down the sideline in the preseason last year. You hit a couple deep throws against Chicago last year that no one remembers because you lost. But if you can differentiate differentiate yourself in that way from Brock, you won't you won't lose the job. It's the same thing that Colin Kaepernick did with Alex Smith. Alex Smith was doing great. He was winning games. He was highly efficient and a little mobile, kind of like Brock Purdy. 
Alex Smith was playing really well for about a year and a half, but he couldn't really push the ball down the field. He was a little conservative, uh, held the ball a little too long. All of a sudden, he gets hurt. Kaepernick comes in and lets it rip and really pushes it down the field. And the whole team says, ah, right, of course. You know, we can do so much more now. So it's on you. If, if you can differentiate yourself, put up some points, win the game, you'll never give the, you'll never give the job back. Be patient. Don't go out there and be um, scared, conservative when you finally get your chance. Because the, if you go out there and try to play like Brock Purdy, you can't play as well. You can't play. You can't be Brock as well as Brock can be Brock. You could never be Jimmy as well as Jimmy could be Jimmy. I feel like you've been trying to do that, Trey. You've been trying to play the position the way the people ahead of you in the depth chart have been playing the position. As opposed to saying, I play differently. I have, there are different throws I like to make. There are different ways I like, you know, different tendencies I have. Be yourself. And have confidence that you can do things these other quarterbacks can't do. Because if you try to play like Brock, you won't play like Brock. All right. Let's talk Debo Samuel. Debo, I want to give you credit. At minicamp, you talked a good game and said, you know, yeah, you weren't in shape last year. It's never going to happen again. And you're embarrassed. You're never going to put that on film again. But then you didn't practice at minicamp. And I felt like, okay. Well, he's really smart and self-aware, and he says the right thing, but he doesn't back it up. But then I got to say, I've been watching on social media, even though you blocked me on Twitter, which was kind of petty, but whatever. I've been seeing the videos you've been posting, and I see you working really hard. It seems like you've, you're more dedicated to fitness this offseason than, you, than you've been in a couple of years. Two years ago, before you got the massive contract, you were working your butt off all offseason. Last year, I don't know, you were posting a lot of videos about you going out with your friends, like a fat wad of cash against your ear, like you're talking to it on the phone. That didn't necessarily lead to a great year. Now, it looks like you're back in the mindset you had before you got paid. And that's a great, I just want to give you props. Because if you can keep this going, if you come in to training camp in your best shape and you don't get injured, because the injuries all happen because you are overweight. You're that guy who's like always five to 10 pounds, a little too overweight. And you're really fast and explosive. So all that extra weight you're carrying on your body, not to mention your lower body, which is really, really thick. I mean, you're a hamstring injury waiting to happen. You're a groin pull waiting to happen. You are so explosive and yet a little too heavy. So if you could just be 215, you wouldn't have those hamstring injuries. At 220, 225, yeah. So keep your weight down. Keep your, keep your fitness, your cardio, all that. You'll be fine. And the Niners might just win a Super Bowl. Because when you're 215 pounds, you're like the best player in the league. When you're 225, you're not. And on the videos, it looks like you're like 215 right now. So stay focused. Stay off Instagram. Get out of people's DMs. You seem like a big DMer, Deba. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. You seem like the kind of guy who's all up in those DMs. Don't. They'll come to you, Debo. You're Debo Samuel. But if you have another down year, you'll just be Tyshawn Samuel. You got to be like an all pro to be Debo. I'm sorry. Because you're like Debo. There, there was a Debo before you. And you were playing like Debo for a while. But last year, you played like Tyshawn. Not like Debo. So get off Instagram. Put the DMs down. And the Mike and Ikes. Focus. Focus on your craft. You know I'm right. You slid in, who was it, Jake Paul's girls DM? We saw it. We knew. How many others? I want to know. It's the DM rule. You can only be sliding DMs if you're an all pro. Otherwise, no sliding. 
Trent Williams. I got to talk to you, Trent. See, you don't see like a DM slider to me, Trent. You're older. You know what I mean? You got a good head in your shoulders. But, Trent Williams, you tip plays. You know you tip plays. You admitted you tip plays. Your offensive line coach admitted you tip plays and said he talked to you about it, and you won't do anything to change it. You need to stop. I know everyone says you're the best, and you get great PFF grades, and you get all the accolades, but you're tipping plays. It's selfish. You know you're doing it. Everyone knows you're doing it. You stop. Because your team is a play-action team. And on pass plays, you line up in a pass stance with your left foot way behind your right foot. On run plays, you line up in a run stance with your left foot parallel to your right foot. You're tipping plays. If you want to fake a run and do a play-action pass, then you need to be in a run stance, not a pass stance. But when Brock Purdy injured his elbow against Philly on that play-action pass, you were in a pass stance. And what happened? The, off, uh, the defensive lineman, Hassan Reddick, on the other side, saw, never reacted to the play fake, and ripped Brock Purdy's arm out of his socket, basically. That's what Chris Forrester said. We asked him. It was in Colorado. I asked him, uh, do you talk to Trent Williams about tipping plays? And he said, I do. And he, he said, it's, it's one of these things where it helps Trent. It gives him an advantage. He's always in the right position to block someone. But it doesn't help Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle on the other side. because Or any of the other offensive linemen. Like, Trent can win his one-on-one, but if Mike McGlinchey's guy knows a pass is coming on a play-action pass, Mike's screwed because he's not as good as Trent Williams. <laughs> he's not. So, Trent, it's selfish. And it's also been discussed. Kyle Shanahan didn't acknowledge it, but your offensive line coach did. You did. You said, look, yeah, I can do that, but it doesn't mean that people know which run's coming. It doesn't, know people know, doesn't mean people know which pass is coming. Yeah, but if you're trying to sell a play-action pass, you're not selling it. You're the one guy out of 11 that's not selling it. And it doesn't mean that none of your play-action passes will work, but if enough teams pick up on that tendency – then all it takes is one play, one play action where the defense doesn't react to the fake and the pass rush gets in and the quarterback gets hurt because that's what happened. All it takes is once, and it happened once last year. And no one blamed you for it. But you know what? Let's be, let's be real honest here. Trent, Trent, best player on the team, best left tackle in the game. You got two quarterbacks injured last year, not one, two, okay? There was Brock. Because you'd tip the play on a play-action pass. But there was also Trey. Go back. You know you did it. Go back and watch the run where Trey was running up the middle. You pulled. You were supposed to lead him. You blocked no one. The person who hit Trey and broke his ankle was the guy you were supposed to block. But you didn't block him. You ran past him to block nobody. I don't know what you were thinking on that. And again, you have, your reputation is so sterling, so great that no one will ever even point it out. But it was your fault. You know it. It was your fault on Brock's. You know it. Do better. You're the best player on the team, right? You're the most physically gifted player on the team, right? You're like 36 years old, right? You know what to do. No one calls you out on this, but you should. I am right now. I'm doing it. This is quality control. You got Trey Hurt. You got Brock Hurt. You got to do better. You're still going to be all pro. You're still going to go in the Hall of Fame. But I'm watching you, Trent. right 
All right, that's the whole show. Thank you very much, everyone, 49er, uh, for coming. But um, that's it. I don't have any more advice. If you follow everything I said, you'll win the Super Bowl. Finally caught a live one, says Dave. Missed you this last week. I didn't stream last week. I was out. I was in uh, I was in a place called Shelter Island for four days. Have you ever heard of Shelter Island? I had never heard of it. It's part of the Hamptons, but like it's not the part where like the, the celebrities go because it's not. It's a freaking island with no uh, bridges. You got to take ferries on and off, which is quite a deterrent. So it was really cool. My friend lives out there, which is quite a, kind of amazing to have a house on an island like that. But it's really cool. Compare mechanics on Trey versus Brock, footwork, etc. Well, Brock has better mechanics. Brock has better footwork. You know, that front leg lock thing that Trey Lance does, Brock doesn't do that. Um, Brock has a lot of – what I like about Brock is he has a lot of different arm angles. In the face of a blitz, he can drop down. He can throw those screen sidearm. He's pretty natural that way. He just doesn't have much arm strength. But he's a natural thrower. I would say that Trey isn't a natural thrower. But he's a trained thrower. And he's an extremely diligent worker who works on his craft. Dave Barclay says, Trey, you are destined to be a starting quarterback. Kyle should be fired. And you should play, but Niners have a weird fan base that loves mediocrity. You do have support out here. I bought number five day after draft. Trey, you watching? Don't leave just yet. People are talking about you. Dave Barclay says, I think we can do without Debo, but maybe he shines. So far, so good for Debo. Although, I'm telling you, man, DM, stop. Stop DMing me. No, I'm just kidding. You never DM me. Dave Barclay says, and Ayuk, you're great. Let, let's kill it this year. Yep. Uh, Sean Shepard says, nobody even knows who your choking butt is. Jim Neverett. Anyway, glad you got that sour flavor out your mouth. Thank God Glass Jimmy is gone. Grant, how have we become the 90s Bills? Be blessed. Are they the 90s Bills? The 90s Bills went to a lot of Super Bowls. I, I wouldn't say the Niners are there yet. The Niners are like, they're the Cowboys. A, they're a little bit better than the Cowboys. Currently. They have a lot in common. My lady loved the chicken hobnobbing. Thanks. I, I couldn't believe I was at a resort that just had a chicken coop. It was dope. Really cool. Anyway, um, it was just a quick show today. Just a little quickie. I didn't have that much to say. I just wanted to get back here. I, I missed streaming. I really like working. This is a really weird time of the year from like the end of mini camp to the beginning of training camp. I just have nothing to do. There's no football to talk about. I just feel like, who am I? Who am I? I don't know. But then when the season starts, I know who I am again. It's a lot of fun. I love working. Do you guys like working? Do you guys have jobs you really like? I fucking love my job. Have I made that clear? It's great. I was in uh, Manhattan last week, and I was sitting at a bar at the hotel I was at, the Algonquin, and just talking to people, talking to this older couple that was on their, I don't know, anniversary or something. And they were kind of complaining about their kids. Like, oh, I got this 23-year-old and this 25-year-old. And they moved back home. And they don't have a job. And I was like, yeah, I lived at home until I was 27. And I didn't really make money until I was 31. And they were, like, really being judgmental of their kids. And the dad was like, you know, I try to tell my son, like, the dream is not going to come true. Your dreams are not going to. It's like, you just want to find, like, a corporate job. I was like, dude, my dreams came true. My dreams came true. What are you talking about? I got a YouTube channel, baby. That is the American dream. My dreams came true. Don't tell your kid that. Why would you tell a 23-year-old? Don't pursue your dreams. So I asked the guy, what, what do you do? He's like, oh, I make sets for Saturday Night Live. 
Oh, you make sets for Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, I've been doing it since 1995. I was about 35. You know, I just cold called him one day, walked in, and got the job. I was like, okay. So you, your dreams came true, and you would tell your kid, don't, don't go for it? And he was like, that's a good point. Yeah, man, it's hard out here. Parents getting mad, their kids move back home. I would have lived at home until my, I mean, mid-30s. If I didn't have some help. I don't know where I got went with that. Anyway, um, New York was fun. I enjoyed it. Great food. Shelter Island. I recommend it. Don't go to Bridgehampton or Southampton or East Hampton or any of that, you know, bougie stuff. Shelter Island is kind of like low-key. Kind of. Kind of quaint. It's like the difference between Sonoma and Napa. Like, Napa is nice, but it's also, like, way overdone and super expensive, and people go there just to be there. Sonoma's nicer. I, I always like Sonoma. I don't know. Some people don't, but it's a little less touristy. People there are more locally, right? It was kind of that's the way I saw it. Shelter Island is super pricey. Kind of. I mean, that whole area is kind of, but I'm rich. So because of YouTube. <laughs> no, I stayed at the Algonquin Hotel on points. That's one of the best things about being a, a sports writer is all the points you accumulate during the season. Points. So I had a fat suite at the Algonquin Hotel, which is an old school hotel. It's down, it's midtown Manhattan. I think that's where they invented the New Yorker. It's so nice. And then at the, I stayed at a place called the Pridwin um, in Shelter Island, which had cottages. So I had like a porch and a freaking, I had a bathroom with heated floors. Heated floors. You could set it to like 84 degrees. I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's hot enough. Let me try 87, 88. I love being bougie. And I feel like you can appreciate bouginess if you don't grow up bougie. My dad was a newspaper writer in a guild. My mom was a part-time teacher. She had chronic fatigue syndrome. We didn't grow up super bougie. Grew up, you know, middle class. But now that I can, like, stay at nice places and stuff, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want that. Oh, yeah, I want the robe. <laughs> I love going to hotels where they give you a robe. Yeah, I want the fucking robe. Yeah. I have no qualms about being bougie at this point in my life. I earned it. Now, my kids, they're not going to get to be bougie. They're not going to know about any of the money I have. Sorry. It's not good for you going to public school. I'm not going to contribute to the miseducation of another child. You know what I'm saying? You got to be raised the right way. You can't put your kid in a socioeconomic bubble right off the bat unless you want him to be totally fucked up. That's the way I think. So I'm going to have to play that game. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But I'm not a dad yet, so I don't have to worry about it. That's what I'm thinking. But thinking, what am I talking about? All right, guys, thank you very much for watching the show and whatnot. Um, Jesse, I see you in there. Me and you this week. Baby, it's nice to be back. All right, guys. I'm out. I'll see you guys. Hold on. I might have missed one. No, I did miss a bunch. I did miss a bunch. For a non-fan, you really want the Niners to win a Super Bowl? I could care less, honestly. When every year they don't win a Super Bowl, it's not like, I'm like, no. I'm like, well, well, well. I guess quality control is still in business, huh? Yeah. Thanks for getting on a Sunday, uh, getting on on a Sunday, Grant. I missed it. It's been a while. I saw uh, I own Patriot Builders of Montana and love it. There you go. That's the, that's the key. You got to do what you love. Otherwise, you're going to hate it. Genius. I just said that out loud. Uh, grow up broke and we work our ace off for better. Yeah. I didn't grow up broke or anything. I just didn't grow up bougie. Some people think bougie's not good. I love it. Bougie. Anyway, go have a great, go have a bougie Sunday. And if you feel 
shameful about it. Just tell people, I gave you permission to be bougie today. Have a great one.